Welcome to another episode of the Dreams to Reality podcast and today we've got a very very special guest and I'm gonna I'm really interested for this interview because I'm very fascinated about this man's story and also what he's currently doing. So today our special guest is Andreas the head coach of the Bristol Flyers basketball team. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Thank you. So we've got a mutual contact. And also on top of that, when I was at the college, SGS College, where obviously Bristol Flyers are based, you was one of obviously the head coach for the Bristol Flyers. I was a part of the American Football Academy, um, but to be honest, I was quite terrified of you. Because any time at that point I'd walk across the balcony, I'd always see you kind of shouting at the players, getting hyped up as well. So I kind of always avoided you, and it wasn't kind of until recently we connected. So... Um, Today, what I really want to get out of today is just to hear a little bit about your story, also what you currently do on a daily basis, and many lessons you've learned along the way. Because how many people do you think you've coached over the, over the years? Oh, wow. Difficult to put an number over 15, 16 years of coaching, probably, wow. you know, 20, 30 people a year, perhaps, even more that wow. kind of thing. So, you know, it's it's a big number. So it's very hard to call. And if you if you were to include the professional team as well and the academy, as you talked about, as SGS College, the University of Bath, um, there's been a, a few people along the way. Yes, for sure. So where are you from? So uh, I'm from Greece, Athens. Um, I was there to the age of 18 and then I decided to come to uh, study university here at the University of Bath. Okay. And wow. uh, I'm almost 20 years here. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously Greece was a great place to grow up. Athens, I played basketball and uh, I had to make a decision if I would carry on in a professional manner or or if I would concentrate more in education and see what opportunities come as a result of that, but still carry on playing sports. So I made the decision to come to the UK. I thought uh, I'm going to get a good education and see yeah. where things take me. Uh, and and you know what it's it's and I was never planning to go into basketball coaching actually I came here to study economics and all my degree are in okay. economics wow. um, but uh, in my first year at university I got involved with the uh, team there and uh, and the coach uh, due to personal reasons he could not commit so I started coaching the team and then okay. by the end of the season the the players asked me if I could take uh, the first team if I could coach the first team the following yeah. year uh, and then I got involved with girls basketball there as well so I haven't just done uh, male basketball I've done female wow. as well um, and 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 one thing led to another uh, national league basketball national team basketball and and now with the flyers and what a journey has been okay so when you was back in Athens have you always been into basketball was you playing back in Athens? Yeah. And where did that interest for sports really come from? Uh, basketball in Greece is is huge. It's a national right. sport. Uh, yeah. a, a lot of people know us for our football team. We won the Euro a few years ago. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, but uh, like the real... Uh, they call it the national favorite is basketball, okay. and uh, the national team has won a European Championship a couple of a couple of years. Uh, back in 1987, it was the first time that the, the Greek team won the national the European Championship, and wow. that kind of created a big push for the sport in the country. And and I suppose I was one of those young players. I was around six at the time, um, and uh, literally basketball swept the nation. Um, was it in high schools? In yes, it was like in school. I, I started playing at the age of six. You can start it from a very young age. Wow, and I just fall in love with it. And, you know, I think uh, I, I really like the idea of being involved in sport. I think it builds character. It does so many things for you, I think, any sport. And, you know, I think young people have to try different sports before they decide which yeah. one to go to. Uh, but for me, it was basketball from the start. From, from, from day one, I just fall in love with it. I just... Um, just, just the, the things that you could do with the basketball, without without the basketball, just the team element, uh, just putting the ball through the net, something simple like shooting the basketball and, and seeing that ball going through and hearing the swish on the net, it was just a, a kind of a feeling that I could not even describe, and and from that moment onwards I knew I always wanted to play the sport I didn't know if I wanted to coach the sport at the time I discovered that a little mm. bit later on around the age of 15 I started getting involved with coaching I like working with young children and helping them find solutions 
um, and uh, I kind of fall in love with the tactical side of the game. Mm. But as I said, I wasn't really intending to go into coaching. No. Uh, I thought it would be something maybe I would do alongside my uh, working career. Yeah. Um, but uh, soon, soon enough, when I got to university and I realized the excitement that there is so behind coaching. So was that coaching. your first time traveling away from Greece? Yeah. Uh, to England, or did you travel to different places before? Uh, I had traveled a little bit through basketball. I have been oh, to okay. a few places like Europe, America, but... Uh, well, when you was, when you was before uh, 18? Yeah, before the age of oh, 18. Wow. But was uh, it, it was just, I think basketball opens so many, opens so many doors. Yeah. Um, and I think to be able to travel with a team across Europe and see different oh. places, it, it was just really exciting. And, and there was the element of playing other nations, playing against other nations, but also just going and experience the civilization outside of Greece, as you say. But in terms of uh, England, it was my first time. I remember my first day in England here. We landed at uh, Heathrow Airport with my father. We got into a taxi and then suddenly I see the, the steering wheel in the car on the other side. Okay, and we're driving yeah. on the other side, obviously, as well. So that was something that took me quite a while to, uh, to kind of get used to. Um, I don't know if it's a stereotypical view, but when I was in Catalonia yes. this year, the driving out there is unreal. Yes. Uh, the crazy drivers yeah you should see Athens Athens? you should experience Athens Athens is in another level so a lot of people talk about the New York taxi drivers and things like that no but uh, Athenian taxi drivers uh, are unique because Catalonia is obviously there's quite a lot of hills and stuff and mountains I remember going up and like you see the taxi drivers on the other side of the road but they just know the roads like the the yeah yeah and and, you know when you have traffic lights it can still be red but uh, you will still hear (laughs) beeping behind you even though it hasn't gone green yet so you know you have all those type of situations driving is an experience i would not recommend it to someone especially oh, in athens maybe no. in a greek island it's it's a much more relaxed yeah well you could say much more relaxed but i think i, I was in kefalonia before and i think we drove up and up the mountains and there were some goats and things and there were some sharp turns and things yeah. i don't know if you experienced yeah, yeah, that in yeah, yeah. Like this. yeah and uh, you know at one point you're driving down this steep hill That's, and, and yeah. there was like a right turn kind of thing and you're thinking like you're breaking you can feel yourself sweating um, but it's all good we're here so, so, so uh, speak, great experience speak to me the jump was it a huge jump for you to come from Athens to the UK was it a big thing for you to do that as I say an 18 year old or was it something you was just more comfortable with mm. and you were just excited for it or did you have a little bit of anxiety around that there was anxiety because I had never spent uh, time outside of Greece a significant amount of time. And yeah. I was committed to come to university for three, maybe four years. Yeah. As, as it happened, it was a lot longer than that. Yeah, um, 20. <laughs> uh, so uh, the, the language barrier, I mean, that was the one thing. I, we, we learned school in school uh, from an early age, English. So I wasn't so much concerned about the language barrier. It was more getting accustomed to it and speaking on it every day and I think I remember the first week I would still translate everything in my head before I Mm. speak but then afterwards you know it becomes natural now I think in English uh, you know and I can kind of straight away answer back I think at the time those first couple of weeks it took me a while to get used to it in terms of the culture uh, I mean the food the weather oh. i mean they're the standard kind of things that usually people would talk yeah. about but but you know what i i, I love england i, I love uh, living in great britain i mean bristol is home um, bath was a great university to be uh, and you know yeah. you know that's not me promoting bath university but it, it was just the, it was just <laughs> the right out cut yes, out <laughs> it was <laughs> it was just the right size place for me yeah. uh, just the campus feeling and, and the city is not a big city kind of thing so it was you, just the right environment did you not consider potential because I know a lot of your um, your players come over from the States or you have a lot of younger players getting scholarships over to America. When you were 17, 18, did you not consider potentially yeah. getting, going to college in America? Uh, it, it crossed my mind like any anyone at that age, as you say, mm. playing an American sport. Like yeah. how cool of will course. it be to, yeah. to have a scholarship and maybe play in the States? I think the reality is I knew as a basketball player, I knew I was uh, of a of a good level, but I don't think I the, was of, yeah. the, of the higher level. And I was always very realistic. I wasn't, you know. Sometimes people play sport and they're thinking, okay, I'm going to go to the NBA. I'm going to do that. I just I just enjoy playing the sport. Of course. And and I wanted to see how far it would take me. But I was also realistic to to make the decision that you know. 
Um, I, I wasn't good enough, if you want to call that kind of mm. thing, to get a scholarship in the States. Uh, that doesn't mean that I would stop playing basketball, but I, what I wanted to do was secure a good, um, good academic qualifications. Uh, and then if, if I had the opportunity to play professional basketball, great. But I think for me, UK was a better route. And I think like, you know, I'm having this conversation now with some of our athletes at the academy where they have to make that decision. Do they go to the States or do mm. they go to the UK? And I think sometimes they get caught with that dream of going to the States. But the thing is that there is good programs in the States. They're not so good programs like in any other country. And I think it, it has to be about the journey, the experience that they get. And I think for me, UK uh, was the right decision at the time. Yeah, so you're in Bath, you start coaching a little bit. Was you still playing as you were coaching? Yes, I was playing coaching for the first few years. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, <laughs> which has its challenges. Um, uh, but, you know, as, 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 as I was getting more serious about it, um, or maybe in my third year kind of thing at university, uh, I kind of went more or less playing a lot more coaching okay and and I started attending coaching clinics uh, seminars uh, finding a lot more about the ins and outs of coaching finding more about the game and and soon that transition some people have a problem with making that transition from a player to a coach it's a bit of an issue uh, it's very hard to let go I think for me that was never a big issue. And, um, you know, I cannot even tell you when I've played basketball mm. uh, recently. Um, I, I just kind of fall in love with the game. And I think the more, you know, you go through that phase as a young coach where you want to read every book there is about basketball, watch every Where clinic. did that come from? Where did that hunger come from, do you think? I, I think it's just the, the, I think the love of the sport. And mm. I think it was developed in a young age and I wanted to find out as much as there is for it. And, and you know, every day you're learning. I mean, the reality is you can watch as many DVDs, any books, but you're learning every day. Every day. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of something that, um, you know, and especially these days because you have things like Twitter and, and you know, like it's such a great CPD. You can find so many solutions out mm. there. YouTube, you can see things at the time. It was more about getting a book or getting a DVD, watching a coaching clinic. Uh, yeah. you know, there were less opportunities at the time. Now, I mean, there's so many more opportunities in terms of, of developing your trade. But I think I think it was just that, that inner motivation I had. I just wanted to be as good as I could be. You know, if, it, if it's coaching, if you're doing my academics, I always felt that you got to give it your all. Uh, and you got to put full effort to it. There's nothing to do. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I think that type of approach of fully committing to something and wanting to be as good as you can be, and that kind of thirst for knowledge, if you want to call it. Because the experience is the key part as well. Because let's be honest, you're not just a coach, are you? Really, to as many of these kids under you, or the people you do coach, you're also kind of like a father figure. They've also got things going on at home. So you're not just coaching about basketball, you're also leading in life in many ways. Was that difficult to say if uh, if one of your basketball players come up to you and talk to you about something personal, was that hard to transition from being a coach to then maybe offering some advice to go to different places or try different things? So as you said then, you talk a lot about whether to go to the States or whether not to. You can't learn that from a book. Yeah. So did that come from your own experience or did that just how, how did you develop that? I think it came a little bit from my own experiences. I've had the opportunity to have some great coaches as I was growing up. Yeah. And uh, I've taken different elements from different people. And as you say, I think coaches are so many different things in someone's. And I can, I can, I really vividly remember some of the people that have touched me in different ways, kind of thing. Mm. Uh, if he was a, if he was a teacher, if he was a coach, and I think all of them have given me something. And I've always tried to approach like that to to learn something from yeah. everyone. You know, everyone does things slightly different. Um, but I think I had always that approach that you can pick things from everything. If I went to a meeting, if I had a meeting with my coach, if I had a meeting with my teacher, I would try to always pick something up. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of very important. But I think, um, you know, experience, as you say, and how you build that experience and, and kind of dealing with people, because at the end of the day, coaching is, is, is dealing with people. You, yes, and, of course. And you've got to know what's happening with them off the court because sometimes you know their own core performance could be you know down to a number of reasons it could be affected by a number of reasons mm. as well so being the father figure is very important especially working with younger age groups i think the discipline all these standards values that you can 
um, um, you know, in effect, uh, present to people and just make them take ownership of it. And they're things that I've learned as I was growing up from other coaches. And I think I think it just comes down there. And um, yeah. it's it's just a, it's it's just a a journey of discovery, if you want to call it like that. Because you are in a very influential position, you know. You said you've been coaching for fifteen or sixteen years. Say you picked them up when they were what sixteen years old. Some of them, what, 30, 32 now? Yes, they so are. So they're, they're adults with their own families, with many different things going on. So things you could have said to them when they were 16, 17, 18 can stick hmm. for a very long time, which is a, an amazing position to be in. With that said, you do your three, four years at university. Mm-hmm. You graduate? I did a few more years after that. I did a master's degree okay. uh, for a year and then I started my PhD, which I didn't complete because uh, in my second year of PhD, there wow. was the opportunity to work at, at the, well, it was called Filton College at the yeah. time. It wasn't called SGS. It hadn't had the merge. Yeah. Uh, I got the opportunity to work at Filton College uh, full time. And uh, Doing I knew something you love exactly, and and yeah. I knew at that point that had to be. And the job coincided me being the assistant coach for the academy under Danny James, who at the time was the head coach at the yeah. academy. But also, uh, it was the start of the Bristol Flyers men's team. So uh, Bristol Flyers did not exist at this no, point. No, exactly. There okay. were there was uh, so we decided that was the time for the men's program, and Danny decided to give me the opportunity to be the head coach for that team wow, okay. which for obviously for me uh, as a you? young coach a uh, very good question it was uh, 14 years ago so that must have been very wow. uh, so young so 23, 23. 23. yeah wow. so I was pretty uh, pretty young as a coach and to be given the head coach responsibility um, and being the first year in, in division three at the time that was the lowest national league so how big was basketball at that time uh, in the UK, basketball has been big in the UK through through the decades. Uh, mm. It went through the 80s and 90s. Basketball was really big, actually, and it was on Sky Sports, and you know uh, there was a lot of exposure to it. Unfortunately, the sport lost its way a little bit in the 90s, um, and now it's kind of getting back to a point which I feel is as strong as it was then. Um, and uh, you know, at the time I got involved. I think you know the BBL, the British League had been running for years, and yeah. I think when we started with the Flyers, what we wanted to do is give an opportunity to our players in the academy, those 16 to 19 year olds, to experience men's basketball. We felt we felt that you know playing in their age group was was good, but also giving them the experience to play men's basketball would be something that would really help yeah. them on their journey. And you know, one of the greatest examples of that was Greg Street. Um, yeah. Who's one I've of, recently connected with Greg. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. So, um, and uh, I, I cannot recall. You, you cannot have been at the same time with Greg at college. No. So he was older. So he was much older. But obviously, he was on kind of every single poster there was. Yes, he was. And he was obviously a Bristol lad. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Um, he's the greatest product for us in terms of basketball. And now uh, he's. A, a fireman. He is a fireman. So even to see that transition from playing basketball at that level. And not nec- not going to the states, yes. um, and playing at that level, then transitioning over to a job like a fireman because I actually seen him in a school. So he's now in a position where he can impact many people as well, not just in his job, but also by going into places and saying, "I was a professional athlete, and then this is what I'm doing now." He's a great ambassador for our sport, mm. and uh, I I remember the first day. You know, usually we had here. Uh, we had his testimonial recently and I, I said I, I remember the first day when I met him you know and he was at the age of 14 and you know we we're doing 14, some shooting wow. stuff and, uh, and 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 there was an instant connection and and, and he did, he wasn't with us that first year he was playing for our second men's team uh, by the following year when we got promoted to division two jo- Greg joined us and since then we've been through this journey wow. all the way to the BBL and it was a very difficult moment actually when uh, Greg last year he decided that he would take some time off and as it happened he, he made it final this summer that he will not be returning yeah, wow. um, it was a very difficult changing room because you're used to seeing Greg there all the time and he, he was our captain he was our leader but he's such an inspirational figure and as you say he's Bristol born and he's come through the academy program. And I think that's the that's the beauty of the coaching journey, mm. having the opportunity to see someone like Greg in his early years developing to become a professional athlete, yeah. making the decision not to go to the States. Um, and along his professional duties, he, he did school coaching, he worked at City Academy for yeah. a period, and then making that very mature decision, 
having two children, thinking that, you know, I could carry on pro- playing professional basketball maybe for a few years and the flyers are definitely on the rise. However, I need to think about my family and I need to build a career. And that was a discussion that we had. Um, and he decided to go to the fire service, which I think it's, it's, it has been a fantastic oh, decision for him and, and the person that he is. Um, and, and that's what it's all about. I mean, that's, that's mm. the coaching journey, I think. And I think that's the, you know, you asked me before, you know what I love about it this is exactly what I love the, the influence that you can have and and some, how you can support a young man or a young woman yeah of course uh, and giving them the opportunity for them to make decisions and yeah. um, and grow so taking it back just a little bit you said about a PhD was that in economics it was economics of sport yeah I was looking at okay. managerial <laughs> it was I was looking at managerial displacement so how long uh, once a football manager gets let go um, okay. uh, how, 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 what factors influence how quickly he will be able to find another job? Okay, uh, it was a very interesting topic. Do you uh, think you'll go back to get your PhD at some point? Oh. Is it something within you, or is it just something you don't? You was just doing just to do it, and you can just let it go. Um, it, it was very exciting at the time, and and you know I was uh, thank my PhD coordinator for giving me the opportunity to do it because he was also my tutor while I was doing my master's degree. Um, but um, I ju- I just felt at the time coaching was something I really wanted to give a go, and I think now to go back to it after so many years would be very difficult, difficult because yeah. there's a lot more. Uh, literature out there kind of thing on the topic to when I was doing it um, and, uh, and I think now uh, c- c- focuses with the flyers with coaching what's happening at SGS and just keep growing the program yeah so when you was first came and you started the flyers and was you at the Wise Campus then? Yes, it was 2005. It was the first year that the Wise Campus opened. Oh, okay, wow. Um, so, and, 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 and everything went from there. Wise, at the time, there was no facility like that in Bristol. No, no. Uh, I mean, there's still no facility like that in Bristol. Uh, I mean, the capacity Plug. is... <laughs> Plug <laughs> so, in again. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the capacity is of about 750 spectators. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, it's still a college, a school. But for us, it has been far more than that. I cannot believe how big the Flyers have become as far as just the sports in general. Mm. And it was recently, well, not recently, probably within the last year. I can't believe how many people you get come to watch you. You know what? Even when I was at college, <laughs> I, didn't, I, did, I didn't know. I didn't realise. Yeah. I, I, I cannot believe, you know, if you asked me back then in 2005 when we were starting it, that, that we'll be, you know, we'll be part, we'll be selling out every game, first of all. And, and we've been doing that for back-to-back seasons. Um, and the family environment that we have, the link with Bristol Sports, so being associated with Bristol City and Bristol Rugby, um, just everything that has come for it. It, it has been really a, a journey, and there is a real appetite for basketball in the city. Um, you know, you can only you can see the numbers in our youth program, our community program, how much has grown over these fourteen years, um, and you know, and and the academy program. I mean, we've produced some great players that have gone to the states and gone play with some very good professionals, some guys that have gone to education. Yeah. Um, just you know, it, it's sometimes because you stay in the moment. You don't think too yeah. far ahead. But when you sit back sometimes and you think about it, it has been quite a ride up so to this point. how did that community really get built then? Because it just, does, it just doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And it's not built on luck, is it? Because I even remember back to when I was in college, I always seen the older Flyers players teaching younger kids, mm-hmm. teaching the younger players. So there's always been that kind of community involvement. How do you build that? So if somebody's looking to build something similar or really trying to build a community around whatever sports team they got, how how do you do it? There, there are no secrets. It just uh, comes down to hard work and and people. You know, um, I think it's just um, day by day, just trying to do the right things, trying to talk about values and standards, having a vision because vision is very important because it determines well, the okay. leadership. Well. Um, and, and the vision was to always inspire our community uh, and through basketball excellence. And we always had that vision. And, and it was just people on the ground making it work. Um, we've been blessed to have some great players coming through our program that wanted to really give back to the community. Um, and now, you know, now it's a little bit different because we recruit a lot more than those days kind of thing. Then we were based more with players around the local area. But, you know, I think we had a, in, the, in the first few years, we had players that really wanted to give back 
and they feel they were privileged. They they were getting to player wise and get something that not a lot of people were doing, and they wanted to help the younger players. Uh, along the way, we picked up some amazing volunteers who would do anything for us. And until now, and I think that's the one great thing I think about our program is it has been based around community, as you said. Yeah. Some of the volunteers that were with us those early years are still with us in some capacity, and we've picked up people along the way. But I think it has been a passion, a drive, um, and you know, it hasn't been just about one person. No. It's, 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 it's greater than that. And, 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 and I go back to it that there is a real appetite for the sport. I think it's something different. I think a lot of people that haven't seen a basketball game, they don't know much about it. They probably kind of the closest they might have got to his netball kind of thing and to experience yeah. it. But then I think when they come to watch a basketball game, the energy, the, the energy just the up and down element of the game kind of thing, the athleticism that is on display, the bars around the building and I think Wise has such great acoustics as well mm. when that whole place when it's a close game and, and the spectators are really getting behind it's a very intimidating place for the opposition yeah. and at the same time it's a family environment as well yeah. apart from the angry so, coach yes well <laughs> you know I think that's kind of I think a lot of people get surprised because they expect to see the same intensity that I have on the court they expect like you know I think sometimes when they speak to my wife you know is Andreas like that back home but you know I think Clean the dishes. Uh, I, I think it's like anything when you're coaching you're taking this persona yeah, and, cool. and it's all passion you you're know, in your it's zone not, you're in your yeah, zone exactly it's exactly that and uh, it's all about passion wanting our team to do the best pushing our players uh, you know, and and I think sometimes it's kind of it can be misunderstood a little bit, kind of thing. Uh, but all purely um, the love that I have about our club and our sport, and and I just want us every possession matches. I want people to understand that when Flyers play, you know, they would do anything there is to do for the cert. And obviously, yeah. I've had an, I was having a discussion with our players yesterday, you know, and I was telling them. Uh, about the journey that I have been here from day one. And, you know, I remember us driving on a minibus up to Newcastle with 12 oh, grown men. That's a long uh, drive. With a small 70-seater minibus. And I remember actually on our f in our first year after the game we finished, the spectator seats, uh, myself, the coaching staff and the players, we put them away after the game. So we've wow. gone through different kind of phases. And, you know, still, we still do some of the things, you know, setting of up course. the court. It's part of, of our kind of culture in the morning. You know, I'll go in, our, our team manager, Mike Atkins, will be there. Some of the players uh, from the junior teams will help us put things up kind of thing. There's a great family feeling. Uh, but we've gone through, through through those stages and, and I never want us to forget where we come from. And, and I think the message to the players was like, none of you have been there, mm. but you are part of it now. And you're representing whoever has played for the Flyers before and who, who's going to play for the Flyers in the yeah. future. So you've got to make sure um, you're an ambassador and role model for our sport. So recruitment, you said you yes. got, you're in a position now where you recruit a lot more players, which also means American players. Correct. So when... Back to when I was in SGS, I know I keep saying that, um, but you had, I know Greg was one of, obviously he's a Bristol um, lad, however mm -hmm. you had, oh, what was his name, people like Doug, mm -hmm. Doug, Doug, Doug McLaughlin-Williams, yeah, so like, and, yeah. and even like walking into the gym and seeing these individuals, like, oh my, these, wow, yes. these dudes are massive doing pull-ups and they're tall and they're athletic. But now when I look at the roster for the Bristol Flyers, you've got a lot more Americans, a lot more players coming after their D1 experience and coming over. How do you recruit and what do you look for? Because I guess on a piece of paper, you might see all their statistics, but then it's okay having all these statistics, but what if their attitude sucks? Mm -hmm. What if they think that they're coming over just for a holiday? What what do you do as a coach and as a coaching team? How do you recruit? Yeah, it's it's a very good question, this one. So um, the, the skill is important. The skill of the player of is course. very important. And, and what position we're looking to recruit? We're allowed to have three American players in our team. Three. Uh, and two Europeans. So all together, five foreign players we're allowed to have. And then the rest of them are British. Uh, they have to be British. So from a score of 12 seven British and then five, four and two EU, three Americans. Um, so it, it, it's always a challenge and you learn every year. But I think the main thing is we're looking obviously for talented players. That's that's the number one. You need the of talent. Um, and we're looking also for people who are hungry, who want to prove themselves. 
Uh, and that's kind of a massive part of our recruitment. We want people that want to do it the right way, do it in a team manner, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're really driven and motivated mm-hmm. and they really want to take their game uh, to another level. I think that's very important in terms of our aspect. Uh, the character element is, is huge. Um, it's, it's, to be honest with you, uh, it's more important even than the talent of the player. Yeah. Um, you know, we want guys that are hardworking. Um, and, you know, there is the, the old saying, you know, uh, that ta- hard work beats talent when yeah. talent refuses yeah. to work hard and all those kind of things. I'm not going to go into the cliches of it. Uh, Motivational uh, speaker and all yes, that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, but the reality is, you know, you want to have people that, you know, understand that there is a process to things and it's a day-by-day process and sometimes you know people don't understand that and and you want with guys that will value every day because every day matters um and and you know people that are um that aren't selfish it's it's not about them it's about uh giving back and and understanding that you know what they got to do and, and how they got to go about doing things uh, will help the program, but also it will help themselves. And one of the big thing I say, like usually it's the first day when I meet all the players is, you know, I don't have a lot of rules as such, um, but the one thing I do say to all our players are, you know, don't do anything to hurt yourself, don't do anything to hurt the program. And, uh, oh, wow. and, and, you know, I think it's, it's something that I heard from another coach and I thought it was very strong message. You can't say nothing. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, if you, I think sometimes with rules, rules are to be broken. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's more about standards and, and expectations, that, expectations yeah. and, and, and values of the program. And I think that's a lot stronger, uh, in, in that regard. But I think to kind of, to summarize it, talent is important, uh, but character, um, mm. uh, you know, there's nothing more important than that. And there's a few ways we do it. Uh, the conversation with the players is a very f- important part of, of... I've seen some great players on highlights and I watch film on them and I'm going, wow, yeah, this guy fits exactly what we do. And then I have the conversation and, and the conversation doesn't go anywhere. There's no flow to it kind yeah. of thing. It just doesn't feel right. Um, because they're coming in for instant role models as well, aren't they? Yes. So for your young players you got coming up in the program, yes. if you get these free new recruits from America, they still have to fulfill some type of role model position. 100%. They might not realise that, but when they come over, everyone's going to instantly kind of be looking up to them. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's very important. But what inspires you? What did inspire you maybe when you was younger? Do you have coaches who inspire you or players or maybe it's just family? What what inspires you? Um, you know, it's a very good question actually, what inspires me. Um, I think uh, definitely coaches that I've had in the past, I can think of a, of a couple of coaches that have really helped me along my journey. Okay. And, and not so much with my basketball skill, but understanding about things like discipline, hard work, um, process i think over results instant results kind of thing i think that has really yeah. kind of uh, helped me kind of understand understand things and 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 now where we are kind of thing i think progress i think that's kind of something that inspires me gets me motivated gets me excited progress. i want to i want to know that we're going somewhere that you know I think for me, it's never about staying still and and doing the same thing and doing it for a number of years. I want to feel that we're growing, mm-hmm. that we keep on going. I think there is the uh, some some companies. Uh, I'm not going to mention names, but they didn't look ahead and didn't, didn't see what's what's was going to happen. And unfortunately, of that, they've fallen out of the market. Some companies yeah. have been very smart and they've been thinking for, forward thinking. And I think for me is. What, what inspires me, what keeps me motivated is to know that, you know, we're building towards something um, and and I want to see that. And I think for me, that's the whole thing with the Flyers uh, and, this, and this journey that we've been in that I can see signs of progress all the time. And, you know, there's a big one coming with having a, you know, a 4,000 seat facility wow. in the near future. So I think I think that kind of really drives me, inspires me um wow to to be the best version of myself every day and you know 
I'll be honest with you, it's not a difficult and it's not an easy thing because you know sometimes you think you want things to happen a little bit quicker. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. So we're just talking about the success of the flyers and the success of your story, but we both know it doesn't always go like that, does does it really? And there's um, challenges along the way. So of how much challenge and kind of adversity have you faced <laughs> over the years? And how did you still manage to say, wake up in the morning, stand in front of your players and still stand there as a leader, even though deep down or with inside you, you're not particularly happy sometimes, you're not feeling good, your head's somewhere else. How do you do that or how did you overcome some of the challenges you have faced? It's, it's definitely not an easy thing to do. Um, and, and, you know, I think as, as a leader, um, and and a coaching position is a leadership responsibility. Yeah, of course, 100%. So you got to make sure um, you you are able to deal with the different punches that come along. You got to show so up losses, every day. Uh, losses. You know, just those kind of things that happen on a day by day type of mm. situation. Um, it, it, it's not easy at all, and you know, uh, I'm still I'm still learning at it. But I think what they would tell you that every success successful people would tell you is that they had a moment at some point where they failed yeah. or they were close to failure. And what moment were, was that for you? Um, I've had a few along the ways. If it's maybe some results, maybe um, not achieving what we wanted to do at the end of the year kind of thing. Maybe it has been coaching with a national team and not being able to retain a Division A status uh, because you have different divisions yeah. in European basketball. So we usually are in Division B, but at the time we're in Division A. The Commonwealth Games this this year, they, they were like a, a disappointment because I was feeling that, you know, we could Okay, so go talk after. to us a little bit about that. So what were you doing at the Commonwealth Games? Uh, so I was the England head coach um, and uh, for the men's program and we were wow. in Australia. Um, and we were hoping that we'd be I'll, competing I'll, for a medal. Put basketball um, aside, I bet that was an incredible experience. Just being in Australia, being uh, the head coach of England, and it was a fantastic experience. Wow! And, and you know, just being getting that whole feeling of being around all the different England teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we during the preparation stages in Brisbane, we were staying with all the different sports. Uh, just so speaking around with all different athletes from different kind of backgrounds. I think that was such a tremendous experience. Then towards the end, being in the athletes' village, it, it was just something bet, yeah, that, incredible. It, yeah, incredible, that it will always be with me. Um, in, in terms of the performance, unfortunately, we, we lost to Canada in the quarterfinals, which was quite tough to take. We're hoping that we'll be competing for a medal, and unfortunately, we're not able to do it. But uh, surely Canada's... Um it's it's yeah challenge. yeah yeah it's 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 a good basketball country um you know we just had aspirations of a medal or be, having the opportunity to be in the top four teams i, I think that was a difficult moment uh, and there have been a few but i think you know you've got to grow through those moments you're going to find ways to motivate yourself and certainly uh that commonwealth games experience uh have helped me to learn more about myself uh improve as a coach and uh, reflect and did I you think have a lot of pressure um, I think you know um, uh, there is always pressure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, um, I I feel like I like pressure. I want to yeah. have pressure. Uh, I think that's kind of uh, you. You ask me what inspires me, motivates me. I mean, pressure is element of it, you know. And putting yourself in those type of situations it excites you. It kind of the adrenaline rush. Mm. Um, so I think that can too much. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Can too much pressure be bad for you? or what you've experienced, not just personally, but as coaching your other players? Because of course, as they say, pressure makes diamonds, but yes. then it also bursts pipes at the same time. It does. So can there be too much pressure or do we need to experience more pressure? Because going into, like I talk close to what, 100,000 students mm. every year now, and resilience is one thing I see a lot of people lacking. And a lot of time it's because they think, say, pressure or stress for the exams is a bad thing, but necessarily it's not because in life you are going to experience pressure. You are going to experience stress, whether sometimes it's paying bills, whether sometimes it's, I don't know, in a relationship, whatever it might be. It doesn't just have to be in school, in sports or whatever. We experience stress in a lot of different areas of our life. Can too much stress be bad um, or do you think it's, you need it? 
I, I think you definitely need some stress because it keeps you sharp. Um, and wow. it, keep, it keeps you focused and uh, and you don't get complacent. So I think... Uh, wow, that's really cool. Uh, and, and, and I think, at, but at the same time, as you say, if if stress gets on top of you... Chronic stress, I you guess, know, isn't yeah, it? If it's for uh, years... And- if it gets on top of you, then it can have an adverse effect. And I think you have to manage it. And what's important to that is the support that you have, the people that you have around you. Um, I mean, uh, I cannot speak higher... And my wife, I think she understands me better than any other person. And without her, the last eight, nine years, you know, I think I would have been found it very difficult wow. to deal with certain situations. So so I think you've got to have a network of people around you that support you. If that's your partner, if that's your family, you know, mm. uh, whatever that may be, I think that's so important. Um, and you've got to have moments of weaknesses. Everyone has them. You know, it's natural kind of thing. And I think even the most successful people in the world, they will lie. Of course. Uh, if they said that they've never had a moment where maybe they felt vulnerable. Everyone of feels course. vulnerable. I think, uh, you know, but, but I think is how, how you got to do it. Are you got to allow that kind of vulnerability to get on top of you? Or are you got to fight? I think, and I think for me, it's about fighting, you know, mm. fighting adva- against adversity and understanding that that's kind of the process that you have to go through to grow as a person, as a coach, or in whatever kind of environment you're working or you want to succeed in, really. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's just, I, th- I think pressure, I always see it as a good thing. I, I think it just keeps me keeps me in game mode, keeps me in fighting mode. I think what you said, stress and pressure keeps you sharp. And I think that's fascinating Mm. because going back as well, you said some companies and organizations, they become stagnant, so they're no longer here anymore. And you also said progress. So when you're progressing, you're also going to experience some type of resistance. That's just normal, isn't Mm. it? It, When you're growing in anything, there's going to be some type of resistance. So it's good good that you kind of pulled out the key elements of that which is ultimately a bit of stress as well so are you still coaching england at the moment uh so i'm not my my contract with england came to an end after the commonwealth games um, and uh, i had the option to carry on uh, because england doesn't usually meet other than the commonwealth games you have gb in terms of basketball okay so it's more like the home nations for a competition like the commonwealth games okay i got you um however we compete in europe as great britain um so uh, I was with the Great Britain under 20s for four seasons, uh, two as assistant coach and two as head coach. Yeah. Um, we had great success in my last year. We were able to get promoted to Division A and win a medal, which was fantastic. And then I had the option to return last summer. Uh, however, I decided to spend some time with my wife. Um, yeah. And and I was it was great to see actually the GB under twenties under the new head coach Mark Stuto do very well in Division mm-hmm. A, so uh, it was great and to the see them succeed. And the flyers are growing as well, yes. aren't they? So it needs probably more of your attention. Just talking a little bit about your wife, how has that helped you be who you are today? As you said, you can kind of reflect, have a good network around you when you go home. Do you just leave everything on the doorstep or, or are you talking coaching, you're pulling your wife up to the chair and say, watch this play, watch that play? How, how is it? Because I can imagine you are quite an intense guy. So I can imagine you, you share that a little bit at home as well. Yeah, uh, Ursula, Ursula is great. Um, she used to play basketball herself. Oh, okay. So, so, she, so she, she, has a, she knows the game. So she understands the game. So it's always great to hear her insight. And, and you know we're talking about how the game went. What we could have <laughs> you made done a terrible decision today. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, she's definitely the loudest person on the on the basketball court. I think sometimes people around her kind of thing. I think move around seats if oh, so she gets comes a little bit loud. Well, so she oh, comes she, she, she's there in every game. Uh, oh, the so, pressure. The it, pressure. So, so uh, uh, but it's it's great. She she's very supportive. And you know uh, when when we're off the court. Um, I think she knows me very well, so she knows when I'm very low and she will give me some space kind of things and, and she knows very well when to give me the support that I need and when sometimes to be quiet and just let me um, kind of find myself again a little bit kind of thing. So she, she's, very, she's very good in that regard. But it goes back to what I was saying. I think it's just you you got to have that network of support around you. Uh, if you're an wow. elite sports person, 
um, if you're a, a, a lead coach, if you're just uh, at, at any kind of job, I think you need to have those people around you uh, that will give you their advice. Um, and I think it's very important to also sometimes to go away because I think when, when things happen to you, you just think about yourself all the time. And I think it's very important to hear about what other people are going through. So asking someone how their day was and listening mm. about their challenges, what they've had, if they had a good day, they haven't had a good day. And I think it gives you that perspective to sometimes. Give, to, to clarify what you just said and from your personal experience as well, I can vouch for that, right? Because I don't think, when I was in college, I don't think I've ever really had a conversation with you. I think I might have said hello kind of shyly and you've been like, what's going on this guy's always in the gym what's wrong with him I mean, it's impressive really, though can he's, i just he's say he's really short he's not growing in height but he's you know can, can i just say we never spoke at college but i, I was always very impressed with your work ethic i mean i had know, to because I, I was small I, but 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 it was impressive you know and i think you know it was something that will always stand out and i always kind of refer to it and i know we didn't speak a lot at college but i think that was very impressive yeah. it's credit to you and your and, then, and your mentality and your mindset yeah and then at the prize there, you came up to me before I went on and yes. you shook my hand. You said, oh, I've heard you're talking today. Good luck. I'm going to be listening. I'm like, oh, he knows who I am. <laughs> he, oh, he's going to watch me. What if it goes bad? Um, but just you coming up to me and just shaking my hand and stuff and just even that kind of 10 to 15 second conversation is probably a little bit out of your world, but it made a big difference to me and probably just even to your sanity as well, I guess, mm. because it's something outside of basketball. Let's you did this. great, by the way. But you did great on that. Did day, I look so. tall on the stage? So you looked well. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie to you, Darryl, guys. You still didn't look tall, but but you did. You did great. And, Thank and, you. And and it's great to see former students who have gone away and, and achieved things, yeah. and to see them back coming to the college and talk to the students. I think that's such a powerful thing. And to have you up there in the stage and talking and understanding where most of the people in that yeah, room have come true. from, and and I think that was great. Thank it was you. great to see you there. So thank you. So what's next? You said Bristol Flyers got four, got a new stadium coming, which is going to be huge. Let me ask you a question. Predicting the future, you said 4,000. Wow. Currently at Wise, there's 750, did you say? Yes, something like that. Do you reckon the Flyers will sell out a 4,000-seat stadium? I'm certain it will happen, actually. I'm, I'm very certain on that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's always difficult to say what's going to happen of three course. to five years. You know, if you ask me at the time, or back in 2005, what the, that the Flyers, after 14 years, they will be in the BBL and they will be currently third in the league with a winning record and all that kind wow. of stuff, I'll be going... How many teams are in the know, league? Three? <laughs> <laughs> More like 12, but you, you're, you're the right way. Uh, it's still... Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but I think... It has been a, it has been such an incredible journey, and it's very difficult to predict what's going to happen in three to five years. But what I can say is, due to the people that we have involved, uh, the hard work behind, the passion, um, you know, Bristol Sport, SGS College, Bristol the volunteers, um, just everything, everything that there is there. Uh, there is a real passion, and there is a real appetite, and you know, everyone sees. A big potential in this mm. so i think for me filling a 4000 seat stadium yeah i think it would definitely happen i think it would definitely happen i think the flyers have a bright future ahead of them um i think playing in europe uh competing for a so BBL can they go championship. and play in europe and stuff can they yes last last of this year after a number of years was the first british team to go back to play in europe leicester uh leicester riders so they were the bbl champions last year okay uh, I got so you. so after a few years now uh they, they've decided to go and 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 they lost all their games but they did very well they competed very well and uh the pa coach paternostro there with the leicester rider has built a fantastic program over the mm. years and they have their own arena um, and and they're doing really good things and i think a lot of clubs now are looking the success that leicester has had in recent years and obviously the opportunity they had this year to play in europe and a lot of clubs want to do to make this dream happen i think bristol is a fantastic location for it just bristol airport it will happen yeah of course uh, uh, i think our our situation with the sports and convention center being right next to the aston gate and and next to the football club and rugby club you can see a situation there will be a football oh, game or be, a rugby yeah. game at three o'clock and people will have some dinner and then go and watch the basketball straight after 
whatever time it is, six, seven. Wow. So it could be a real sports village kind of feeling to it. Uh, so I don't have a doubt that uh, we're going to be selling out. I, I think there's a bright future ahead of us. And, and you know, can I, you, you can want I, to fast forward sometimes, yeah. but you got to enjoy the moment. Can I MC one of the games? So come on. You know what? I, I think that would be really Mexican good. Mexican way. I think, I let's think that, do it. I, I, think, I think we will need to try to arrange something very Hold soon. me to it. I Let, will. Let's do it to Wise first so you get used to the crowd <laughs> and then we can have you ready for the 4,000 people as well. So. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I come to your office and you got like this suit waiting for me to run on with the suit. <laughs> I, I might have to come here and get you to motivate our team before one it. of the games. I I'm think ready. Speak to them I'm too. ready. That would be incredible. Um, to wrap this up then, okay. I norm- I ask all my guests this. If you could sit down with only three people, dead or alive, could be a celebrity, could literally be anybody. Oh, wow. Only three people. People you would love to pick their minds, maybe somebody who has inspired you. What three people would it be? This is this is a tough question, actually. I, ha- I haven't thought about that question. On the spot. Um, I knew I'd kill him. Yes. I, I think, um, you know, in terms of the, the first person I would think, of, I suppose, is uh, it will have to be Michael Jordan. You know, I think everyone knows him. I think having the opportunity to sit and hear about how he's gone about and becoming the player that he was have you met michael jordan through his journey no i haven't no. I, I would love to meet him i think he will be he'll be up there he's on coming on the podcast tomorrow is he <laughs> <laughs> i might have to come back yeah. for that one so <laughs> uh i think i think he will be it, it would just be exciting uh you know i mean the guy is a legend of the sport he's but why is he what separated him to everybody else i'm a fan of michael jordan so but just for people who kind of don't know basketball they might have heard of the name Michael Jordan I'm wearing Jordans now they yes. might know the uniform or different things what made Michael Jordan Michael Jordan just one of a kind the mindset I think his ability to understand process and keep working hard and being the best he can be in his sport mm. uh, and you know I think a lot of people now talking about LeBron James mm. and, and you know like who win that battle kind of thing I think for me it's just the, the way he could have an impact in the game and, and help his teammates to be the best they can be, how to unlock other people's potential, mm. uh, but at the same time stepping up and making, you know, you talked about pressure. I mean, there's a pressure guy, you know, and, and there's the very famous quote that he had about dealing with failure kind of thing. Um, and, you know, he has failed time after time, uh, but he will still step up there and take the big shots. And I think... Uh, Michael Jordan is one of a kind, really. You're talking about resilience. Yeah. You're talking about kind of being able to deal with adversity and 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 success. I mean, you know, I mean, the the guy is, uh, mm. and and everyone wears his sneakers. You know, like there's people that don't know about basketball, anything, but you will see them yeah, wearing. They still don't make me look taller. I mean, I mean, you're wearing Jordans yeah, right they still now. Still don't make me look taller. <laughs> I mean, you're wearing Jordans right now. I mean, I mean, he's a brand. The, do you watch the NBA? Um, uh, I think, you know, my players watch the NBA a lot more than I do these days. I, I still get excited. I think the NBA has changed quite a lot in recent years. I think the game has changed. For the better? Uh, for the better. I think I think you see teams like Golden State Warriors and a lot of teams, how they utilize the three, the ball movement. Uh, and, and, and at the end of the day, you have the best basketball players in the world playing there. Oh, it's incredible. And, and it's not just Americans anymore. I mean, they're great athletes, they're great talents, the skill level is fantastic. And, and the influx of European players that are making such a big uh, name for themselves now. Players like Luka Doncic, who's like, yeah. you know, I don't know how old he is, 20 years old. And, yeah. and, you know, he's playing for Dallas at the moment. And he's doing really well. And it just kind of shows that it's really, it's not yeah. anymore an American sport. It's a global game. And um, I, I, so I still watch it. I, I, I prefer watching the EuroLeague. I prefer watching European basketball. coaching in America? Um, I, I think I have considered maybe coaching at the college ranks. Um, it, it's something that I haven't really, I think it, like anything, you've got to, Put yourself out there is a lot about networking um, it's something when I was younger I think I, w- I was considering now I'm in a different state of I, th- I think 
you know, to be able to coach at that level, you have to put a lot of effort within that US structure. Mm. And I think now I'm in a different stage of my life. Um, maybe when I was younger, if I'd made some decisions to maybe yeah. go in the States, that could have worked. Uh, but I think I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Of and, course. And, and, you know, if there was an opportunity to coach in Europe or, or to coach in America in the future, it would be something that I consider about at the moment. Because you are still really young as a coach. Yes, I am. When you really think about it, you started coaching coaching when you were about 20 years old yes and you took started at say sgs at 23 24 people are still playing yes within that whole time they are so for you to be coaching and have that amount of experience at the age of 37 38 is incredible and uh, the only thing that's different, I suppose, is I've got a lot more gray hair these days than I had when At I first coached. At least you got coaching, hair. So. I'm losing mine. So, <laughs> so <laughs> what are you uh, laughing for, guys? So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, it's true. I, I'm still a young coach. Very young. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm not 40 years old yet. So you know, I've got a couple of years ahead of me before yet. I get there. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, um, there's a lot of experience there that I have picked up over the years. But as I told you from the start, there's so many more things to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's the great thing about you know every day is an opportunity to learn and um, I enjoy that. Um, but to go back to your point, I've, yeah, I've been, you're, I've, you're well, skipping my question. I've Who's been, number I, two? I, so I we th- got Michael Jordan. I, I think it's a very after the three you can go home. I, I, I think we can you unlock know, the doors. I, I, I think I, I've been watching The Crown recently on Netflix, so I think I have to go for the Queen. I think the Queen. The Queen, okay. I think, I think the Queen is. A, I mean, uh, I didn't see that one coming. So I know it's a little bit different, right? But I have Good. to say, uh, watching watching uh, the series in Netflix, it has kind of. I have never really thought about it coming from a. You know, from Greece and things, and, and the royal family life to watch and stuff. Netflix. But she's an incredible <laughs> person, and I just think having the opportunity to pick her brains and and talk to yeah. you about the things that she had to go through. Wonder how uh, her life is so different. Yeah, just... uh, you know, and 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 like you're talking about pressure. I mean, I mean, she's had some real pressure situations that she had to deal with, basically. Um, so um, and and also. When she she became the queen, I mean, the world was very much different to what it is now. Mm. And I mean, seeing all those different decades go past, just from a technological point amazing, of view, and, yeah. and just to hear her story, I think it will be it will be an interesting one. And I think it probably relates because I've been watching Netflix. Can but, we can we email the queen see if we can get her on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that would be that would be good. a good interview. That would be a good interview. And I suppose the last one. Uh, I've gone for Michael Jordan, uh, arguably the greatest player of all times. I've gone for the Queen, a very historic figure that is still Mm. alive and reigning. And and I suppose, I think the last one, I think, and and you're catching me off guard, so I've got to think quickly. Um, For me, uh, if it was a, a basketball coach, it has to be a basketball coach. And, and there's so many that go through your mind. But I think for me, is is a guy probably not a lot of, of people will know, but it's a guy called Zeliko Bradovic, okay. uh, who's arguably the most successful uh, European basketball coach okay, of all wow. time. He's coaching Fenerbahce at the moment. He Have used to coach him? Panathinaikos. I've kind of uh, watched clinics, but I haven't met him in person. I've watched okay. clinics of him. Um, and uh, live clinics and I've seen him but I haven't actually met him one of my players has been coached by him oh wow when he was playing uh, he was coaching Panathinaikos talk for about a few pressure years. Uh, for you I, I mean the guy <laughs> the guy is spectacular uh, I mean he his coaching journey started uh, I think on overnight he went from player to coach uh, and he was able I think in his first year of coaching to be able to win a European title uh, with his club and he's been so successful in Euroleague, which is the equivalent of the Champions League in football, mm. basically. Um, and he's still coaching. And wherever he's gone, he's produced results. He's recruited very well. Uh, he's very demanding of his players. He gets the best out of them. And it doesn't matter if they're superstars or not. For them, it's the same. He treats all of them in a manner that expects the most. And he, in effect, if you have a what you probably call a superstar, he expects them to set the tone for everyone else. Wow. So um, I think I think he's a, he's a great personality and I think he'll be very interesting to meet and have a, a very good conversation. He's yeah. a very, he looks like a very funny guy as well, off the court. But if you're talking about me getting uh, very stressed and, uh, you know, very active during the games, you should watch, uh, yeah. you should wow. watch, go, go to YouTube and type Zeliko Bradovic and uh, the, you will see an intense guy right there, wow. basically. Okay, so let's wrap this up. I just want to, 
literally from the bottom of my heart say thank you for this i've literally loved this podcast um and hopefully once you guys get into the new stadium as well and um you're filling out the stadium and maybe in a couple of years we can reconnect again i'm sure we connect now anyway yes keep in touch 100 um but it'd be great to have you back on the podcast and talk a little bit more in detail because i think your story is fascinating i think you've learned so much and what you've done over the last 16 years has been incredible especially as you kind of started this journey at 2023 mm. which which is a lot so thank you well thank Thank you for having me you know first of all it's great to see you as an individual and how Thank well you. you've grown in your business and everything that you're doing at the moment i think giving the speech at sgs uh, was was great and it yeah. was like a, a really good to see you and where you are right now and i wish you all the best in the future as well and you know uh, you said that you want to come to one of our games. You've I want to. to I want to talk so, to the team. So, so, so we, we've got to make that happen. You might have to put me on the platform when I talk to your team. <laughs> probably your smallest player is still taller than me. So, uh, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, it's just a real pleasure. It has been great to have a conversation with you and talk about the different elements that we discussed. And, and you know, I wish you all the best with your podcast, but everything that you do in life Thank and you. stuff. And, you know, you're putting a lot of work and I really wish you get everything back that you deserve, Thank basically. You, in that regard so yeah thank you okay so with that said guys make sure you check out andreas he's on you're on twitter and things like that as well but also check out bristol flyers they're very active on instagram on all different social medias um it's a really kind of interesting page to see and also if you come to bristol or if you are based in bristol i fully recommend checking them out and even going to watch a game with that said make sure you hit the big red button subscribe Thank you for listening and make sure you follow us on all our social medias. And until next time, keep working hard.